You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 137 of the Well Woman podcast. If you are a cyclical person, I am sure that at some stage in your cyclical journey, you have experienced spotting. Whether this is at the end of your period or the beginning of your period, you, I'm sure, have spotted at least some stage in your cyclical life. But what is spotting and what does this actually mean for our cycle health, our overall health, and why does it even occur? So in this particular episode, we are talking all about period 101, why am I spotting with today's guest, Meg Langston. Now, I reached out to Meg to have this period spotting conversation because she's a nutritional therapy practitioner and restorative wellness practitioner. She works with women to help restore their metabolic health in order to recover from hormone imbalances, restore periods, and recover digestive dysfunction. She believes that the body talks back to symptoms and through body literacy and a food-first approach, healing and feeling their best self can happen. And she's 100% spot on, and you're going to learn all about this in this particular episode. Throughout this episode, we cover the topics of spotting around what is spotting, is spotting on my period actually normal, why we need progesterone, signs of low progesterone and excess estrogen, is that normal and what is signs of excess estrogen, what cycle day is best to go and get your hormones tested on, how stress and trauma can impact your cycle and of course how to balance progesterone. So if you at all have ever spotted or would like to learn about how you can understand this better for yourself and your own cycle, this is the episode for you. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Meg, welcome to the Well Women podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. I... I'm really looking forward to this conversation we're going to be having today. We literally just been rifting before hitting record for like half an hour about all worldly (laughs) topics, which I've loved. Um, But so that everyone can kind of understand who you are and where you are in your cycle, tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in in this moment? Yes. So I am actually 35 weeks pregnant. So that is where I am in my cycle. Um, But I do, um, outside of uh, pregnancy, use fertility awareness method. I'm pretty um, 
that that's how I tried to get pregnant, how I use it as a form of birth control, how I check in with like um, my health report card. So, you know, how is my body handling stress? How is my body? Is it fully nourished? So um, normally I do uh, could tell you exactly where I'm at, but right now I'm about 35 weeks pregnant and um, praying and hoping for a baby in about three weeks. That's why I'm giving him an, a, an, a, a <laughs> eviction date of three weeks. So <laughs> just letting you know, buddy, you've got three yeah. weeks left. Okay. Pack yeah, your right? bags. <laughs> so now I just jinx myself for another like six weeks. So <laughs> either way, he will come when he's ready, which is awesome. That's right. Um, I'm so thrilled for this topic today because we're talking about spotting, right? Mm -hmm. And why do we spot before our bleed comes or as our bleed's ending? So before we jump into it, tell us who are you and what makes you the perfect person to speak about spotting? Like, how did you get into this world of becoming an amazing nutritional therapist in women's health? Yeah. So, um, to make a very long story short as everybody's story is so long, right. Um, I basically grew up as a competitive soccer player and, um, was an athlete and went to college, decided not to play sports, um, and just kind of tried to figure out health. And during this time, back in the day of 2007, when I was 2008, when I was in college, Instagram was not a thing. You were not like bombarded with information you were, but you weren't. So all of my information was coming from magazines and it was coming from, um, just when I say information, I'm, I'm talking about, like, I was looking to figure out how to be healthy because all I knew was being an athlete. And then, so hopping into college, not playing sports. I'm like, how do I become healthy? Um, I, you know, I started putting out a little bit of the freshman 15 and, Um, and so these magazines were really defining health by a body image Mm. and, um, and I had struggled always with a body image, like even throughout high school, as I think a lot of women did, um, and, and young women. Um, but really when I saw health being defined by a certain body image, and that was at the time, you know, you know, ripped abs and, um, you know, really lean legs, the, the whole leg gap, um, I really started to to try to implement what they were doing. Um, So in addition to like trying to uh, be healthy by defining a body image, um, I also just kind of missed playing sports and got really, you know, my competitive side came out. I was doing marathons and triathlons and bodybuilding um, competitions and, um, and, and throughout all this time, um, had, you know, an eating disorder. And I would say, um, really disordered eating habits. And I think that's really two different things. Um, but as I was trying to reevaluate my health and again, I'm trying to make this like super short. Um, I learned about fertility awareness method, um, as a way of, uh, not for actually like health, really, it was more so like, I knew I was getting married and I just wanted, didn't want to be in birth control. And, um, I, uh, I was checking in with my cycle and my cycle, my temps were like 95.9. They were super low. I don't know in that in Celsius, but they were super low. And (laughs) yeah. And, And basically everything that it pointed back to was like, 
hey, you are, your thyroid is not great. You don't have a period bleed. And then I started to really figure out, okay, wait a second. What I thought I was defining as health was, as, was my body image being really um, lean. I did a lot of like um, promotional work in a sports bra and like being really fit. And so I thought I was healthy because my body looked the way that these magazines were telling me they should look. Um, but really when I checked into my, my menstrual cycle, it was not that. And in addition to that, I started to learn like, okay, it's not normal. Like I'm not an anxious person. Like I'm undernourished. I'm not somebody that has, um, or I have low progesterone. So I started to learn these things about myself that I started to like feel like, oh my gosh, am I just this worried some person with no period and like all these digestive issues? No, like it was just that I was really not defining health in the right way. So that's what basically got me to dive back into school for nutritional therapy. I now work with women. Um, you know, my favorite thing a teacher said to me was that we are all snowflakes, right? We all are different. We all melt at, you know, whatever degrees, but what makes our body run is the same vitamins and minerals. And so for that reason, like I see a lot of different people for a lot of different things, digestive issues, hormonal issues. Um, but really it's just that when our body's dysfunctioning, it's dysfunctioning all over. It shows up in our cycle. It should that will like, we'll talk about today. It shows up in maybe, um, low basal body temperatures. It shows up in, um, digestive issues, anxiety, you know, mood swings. And so, um, so yeah, I, that, that's the, that is the best way that I can recap it and keep it super short. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. I yeah. also really love your analogy about being a snowflake. Now where I live, it does not snow, but we do, <laughs> we all melt at different, like, like, like paces, you know, just like we all yeah. walk at different paces. We drive at different paces. Some people drive with road rage and some people don't. Um, we've got the Sunday drivers and yeah, we're all like extremely different. So I love that recap. And literally when I came across you on Instagram, I was like, I need to connect with this lady. And I feel like we're going to talk about spotting because if we dive into the topic of spotting, a lot of women go through the experience of spotting before they actually have a full bleed. And then they begin, like they bleed for their menstruation and then they end their bleed with spotting. But the question is, they think that spotting is healthy when in fact spotting is a really important sign to your body that something's going on, right? Yeah. So let's talk about spotting. What is spotting? Yeah. So I would say spotting is basically, um, where you're not filling up a tampon, um, fully. And so, so people would notice in their underwear. Some people notice it just when they're wiping, um, and people can experience it, um, during, like you said, before their actual period bleed or even after their period bleed. And some people will notice like a day or two of spotting and then nothing and then full bleed. Um, and so uh, it, it's really in short, the best way to say it is that you're just not filling up a tampon or a pad completely. And um, it's just that it's just a little bit of um, a, a red in, in your underwear or on your, on your toilet paper. I love that because that's, I guess, the time that most people really notice that they're spotting is that they're like, oh, there's a little bit of blood on my undies. And now we won't go into the like the topic yet about intermenstrual, intramenstrual spotting versus actual spotting. Um, but is it normal? Is it normal to spot before your bleed? And then the second question, is it normal to spot after you've had your bleed? Um, 
I would say that it's common for some people, but it is not normal. It would not be a sign of health. So I would say that would be a really good uh, indication that I, I'm sure you guys have used this term a lot, but uh, your cycle is quite literally a report card. This is what makes me think that women are a little bit superior than men because we <laughs> love have it. a monthly report card that uh, we can actually utilize for our advantage. And so when we have spotting, it, it's basically a sign of low progesterone or imbalance of progesterone to estrogen um, in the body. Awesome. Now for those who are like, uh, so how would I know if progesterone is low or if it's my progesterone and estrogen, how is it, how can you tell if that's something? Because I think actually, hang on, let me go back a question. You're referring, let's just talk about spotting before your bleed, right? So let's just say you're spotting for a couple of days before you, you actually begin your full bleed. And you're saying, okay, well, that's from progesterone potentially not being, you know, in the right levels, or you just don't, your body's not producing enough all the balance of progesterone and estrogen. Now, why is that important to have those, those imbalance? Yeah. I mean, I would say that progesterone could potentially be the most, um, protective hormone and most important hormone in the body. Um, it's very, it has, it has many different roles in the body, including opposing estrogen. So keeping estrogen in balance, um, but it also is a hormone that will help, um, mitigate stress. So I, I talked about anxiety and I talked about low temperatures. Well, um, one of the things that I found out in my cycle was that when I had these low basal body temperatures, um, that was an indication of a low metabolic state, a low thyroid state and the thyroid and the, and progesterone go hand in hand. They have a very synergistic relationship. Um, so my temps were low, my metabolic state was low, my thyroid was low and therefore my progesterone was low. And I was actually experiencing symptoms like anxiety. So we're talking about spotting, but it's hard not to talk about, you know, when we're talking about progesterone, it's hard not to talk about like a lot of these other symptoms that women experience. And, um, and the reason why is because progesterone is such a anti-stress hormone. It has, it is just very, very, um, uh, anti-stress. So there's no, there's no better way to say it for the body. And that's really, really important, obviously for managing mood, supporting thyroid function. Um, and there, your body will actually, when we're in a fight or flight state, and I'm sure we'll get to this, I'm probably jumping ahead too much, but <laughs> when we get into a place of like, um, how do we become low progesterone? And I won't go too far ahead, but what can happen is our body will actually prefer adrenaline when we're under in a fight or flight state. And we can talk about all the reasons you'd be under in a fight or flight state, um, to making progesterone and, um, the progesterone receptors, like you can have it, you can take a blood serum test and you can show that you have normal progesterone levels in your blood, but actually your receptors are not utilizing progesterone well at all. And this is a huge issue. Um, and part of it is being in a fight or flight state and we don't get the benefits of that, uh, beneficial progesterone. And then we don't get the benefits of the progesterone opposing estrogen, um, which is really important for, um, again, keeping those levels in balance. When we have an excess of estrogen, that's where we can also experience things like spotting, heavy bleeding, PMS, uh, clotting. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much to it's, it is not a hard topic. It's just such a full rich topic with so much, um, the body's just so connected mm. and 
Um, and, and so one thing can really, it's impact another. So even though we're talking about spotting, I guarantee you someone else is like, Ooh, I, I know exactly what you're saying when you're saying low progesterone or, or, um, anxiety or, oh, fight or flight state. And like ha- feeling like I actually have excess of estrogen. Cause you can have low progesterone and an excess of estrogen and not really spot, or you can also spot and have, um, an imbalance of progesterone to estrogen. So all over the place. <laughs> it just goes to show how important just having healthy, balanced hormones are for so many aspects of your health, not just your cycle. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying. And we do talk about this a lot about how your period is your monthly health report or your, your, your health card, really. It kind of tells you where your body's at is that if there's an imbalance going on in your hormones, which don't just regulate and help support a healthy menstrual cycle, ovulation and menstruation, it actually supports so much else. And to kind of summarize what you were saying is that basically progesterone is needed at the times when your body's supposed to be producing um, progesterone around that in autumn phase, that premenstrual phase, when you normally are more stressed and you normally feel more anxious and normally feel more triggered. <laughs> so yeah. it's a really great sign to be like, hang on, if this is a bit over the top or I'm really out of whack and I'm feeling way more on edge than is that not just a mental thing? It could also be a hormonal thing, right? Exactly. Mm, so such a good overcap with that. Um, fantastic. So with spotting, why do we bl- like why do we spot before we bleed? Um, I-, I would say the same thing, just a simple answer of low progesterone. Okay. So then how can we tell if we have low progesterone? Mm-hmm. So I think going, so obviously spotting would be a sign of low progesterone. Um, if you, if you're doing fertility awareness method and you're taking your, um, basal body temperature and your thyroid is low uh, and your temperatures are low, it means your thyroid is low. Oftentimes, um, it is a sign that you are, um, your, uh, your, your thyroid is low. Your temps are low. Progesterone is going to be low because thi- uh, progesterone, like I said, progesterone and thyroid have such a synergistic relationship. Um, other signs of low progesterone are going to be, um, if you are, if your period is, uh, either really, really early can be a sign of, um, so maybe you're spotting and your periods are coming super early. Your luteal phase is super short. Um, so that's the, I'm sure everybody knows this listening to this podcast, but from ovulation to menstrual cycle bleed, your luteal, your last half of the cycle. If that is, um, shorter, that is a sign of low progesterone again, mood swings, anxiety. Um, what else is another, and then again, I would actually say like, if you have, this may not be low progesterone, but an imbalance of progesterone, which is still, um, just as important. Um, if you have, um, uh, a lot of excess estrogen in your body. Um, if you have, uh, you know, anything, um, if you've ever been told that you're anemic, um, before, and I know this is a really, really hard topic to talk about. Um, but if you've been told you're anemic before, oftentimes what that actually means is that you have iron overload going on in your, in your body, meaning you have an excess of iron that can happen because we grew up on iron fortified foods. So we're talking about, um, uh, pastas and, you know, I'm in the state. So pastas and pop tarts. I don't know if you guys have that stuff, but yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, out of pop tarts, toaster strudels, those are my favorite. 
Um, and so these iron fortified, iron fortified foods, um, birth control has iron in it. Um, and all these things actually increase iron in the body. Now, the reason that this is tied to progesterone is because when we have an increase of iron in our body, um, and we didn't grow up eating beef liver, we didn't eat a lot of high retinol foods. So this would be like cod liver oil or, um, uh, butter, heavy cream, um, Beef liver also, uh, or copper rich foods are going to be, um, uh, again, beef liver, uh, bee pollen, um, whole food, vitamin C. So when we don't grow up eating this stuff, but we do grow up eating a lot of iron or consuming it, and it's also in medications, there's an imbalance. So iron gets stuck in the tissues. When that happens, then estrogen, which is also an, um, and, uh, and antioxidant will get stuck into the tissues and go into the tissues. Well, that creates an imbalance in the body from estrogen to progesterone. So there again, we're having these high excess estrogen symptoms, but we're still imbalanced to low progesterone. And again, the, the really important thing I think to get is that like go off of your symptoms and your monthly report card of your period versus your blood serum tests, because I have plenty of women that have low progesterone or imbalanced progesterone to estrogen, um, symptoms. And yet their blood serum test is, you know, showing that they are totally, um, you know, they, that they're totally fine, but they're actually not because their progesterone receptor sites are not utilizing it well. And the other thing is blood sugar. I mean, blood sugar is a massive. There are so many women that I talk to that are not eating, um, a properly balanced diet, whether because they're defining health by a body image or chasing a body image, or they just don't know, or they're just not eating enough or their mom and, you know, their, and their season of life, it's just like, go, 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 go. So they're just grabbing something on the snack. And so a snack on the go. So when I'm talking about balancing blood sugar, what I'm really talking about is making sure that you have a balance of protein, carbs, and fat in your, in your daily intake of your macronutrients. Um, and in addition to that, that you're eating enough. So right when I talked about like that fight or flight state, the same thing will happen when our body is, um, our, our, um, receptor sites will actually, when adrenaline is present, progesterone is not pr transported uh, by the receptor uh, sites. It will basically, uh, prefer the adrenaline to the progesterone and, but you can put yourself in a fight or flight state when blood sugar is low, because when blood sugar is low, it needs <laughs> adrenaline and cortisol to bring it back up. It's like, don't starve yourself. How much hand I have. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know, I apologize. This is not a video you can't see me. Yeah. But <clears throat> it just goes to show, and I'm always having this conversation, that fasting is not beneficial during the day for menstruators. Fasting over nighttime, you know, finishing eating at 7 and then, you know, not eating until like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. the next day, totally fine. Fasting from like 5 a.m. to like 1 p.m., that's actually more detrimental to someone's health long-term than what it is short-term. Like, yes, it's okay to do it here and there, you know, but to do it as a regular thing to help you with your body image or how you appear, oh, don't get me started. Oh yeah. Um, and all those tests are done on men anyway. So totally. And it's, yeah, we could go on a rant about that. I'm totally, <laughs> no. we, we need, we, I'm going to have you back on the show, right? I'm just letting you know that in advance. <laughs> 
I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. But I think that it's really just goes to show that one, and I know that lots of menstruators feel like this. They go and they get their hormones tested, um, you know, with their, G- with their GP or their doctor, whoever it is. And it comes back and like, everything's fine. And like, hang on, my blood's in the test, say everything's fine, but I still spot, I still have period cramps. And then I end up bleeding really heavy. I have breakouts in my skin. I have mood swings. I feel super anxious. It's like, all right, there's something else going on here. So it's a good idea to dive deeper. So what I would love to ask is, how would you recommend, what is the best way to get your hormones tested? So if someone's listening to this, Meg, and they're like, oh shit, signs of low progesterone, early period, shortly teal phase, excess estrogens present. And then, you know, then we're going into the excess estrogen things like heavy bleeding, et cetera. And they're like, but my tests were fine. What is the best way that you recommend to get their hormones tested? I love that question. I actually can say that I've never been asked that question. Uh, that's such a good question because- Um, I would actually say that, that I, there's not necessarily a test that I would really run, um, because I would really just utilize your cycle and your symptoms. Um, and I, again, every test is faulty. I do in my own practice, run a hair tissue mineral analysis test, um, and a full Monty, which is like a full iron test. And again, those are great. And, And a GI map, a stool analysis test. So I do those but they're not specific to hormones. However, um, you know, what, what I find is that your cycle and how you can, it's getting women to really be in touch with how their body is actually feeling and not living in a stressed fight or flight, addictive to stress state. Um, because when they're able to actually get in touch of like, "Mm, you know what, I've actually never been this anxiety. I've never been this anxious. I call it my cortisol glasses. When I have my cortisol glasses on, like, or if I see a client with cortisol glasses on, what, what, what they're saying is like, and then I have to go to the grocery store and then I have to go home and I have to, you know, bathe the kids. And yeah, that may be stressful after a long day, but that's also just like life things that we all have to do. And when our body is in a really well-nourished state and our hormones are really imbalanced and our metabolic system is working really well, those are just things that we have to do. And those are things that we're able to do. But when we're checking in and we're like, oh my gosh, I am really stressed. Actually, everything really does give me like kind of sends me over the load. I have to make this return. Um, or, um, they notice that, uh, just, they're not pooping, you know, I'm not pooping every day. They start paying attention to their, their, how their body is actually 
how their bodies, uh, what is the word that I'm actually looking for? Body biofeedback. There'd be a biofeedback. So like, I would say if you were, I wouldn't actually necessarily do a test. I would say, listen to your biofeedback. I'm going to talk about things that are not necessarily hormonal, but this is what they would be. They would be like, I can fall asleep easily. So you can go to sleep. You can fall asleep easily. I do not wake up to pee in the middle of the night. So I would say that if you're waking up to pee in the middle of the night, then that's a sign of blood sugar dysregulation. We already talked about blood sugar dysregulation. That's where that adrenaline stuff comes in, right? Um, they are pooping every day. Um, your periods are regular. So you are, you are regularly, you know, getting your, your, your ovulating and you're getting, you know, your period. It's not a breakthrough bleed. Um, if you are taking your basal body temperature, it's in the appropriate, um, range for whichever phase you're in. You're not easily stressed. You're not, you know, it's okay to be a little tired when we first wake up, but like, you're not like so slow throughout the rest of the day. You need 10 cups of coffee. You're not crashing at three to 4 PM. You don't have cold hands and feet. Um, you're not peeing on a regular basis. Like you're just, uh, constantly peeing. Um, you're not constantly thirsty. This may not sound like hormonal tests, but what I can tell you is that this is a direct reflection of health. And when these things are going on, there is a deeper issue going on that what it will show up in your cycle and you will absolutely feel it symptomatically. So this may show up blood serp test completely normal, but if I'm listing all these things and you're like, oh my gosh, I have almost every single one of these, then yeah, I would say, okay, there's something deeper going on. That's going to impact the balance of progesterone or estrogen, um, and, uh, and show up in your cycle and obviously show up symptomatically in your, in your body as well. So that long winded answer is what I would use <laughs> for a hormonal test. I love it because I can now I think doctors are great, right? Not, and all doctors are different. They only know what they know, just like you and I only know what we know. Yeah. But when it comes to blood tests, I would love to meet someone who's been to a doctor who's been asked these questions because I think that it's, it's really overlooked that as a menstruator, you can take full responsibility of knowing how healthy you are by looking at these, these biofeedback responses, right? And so... I think that they're a great list. And if you didn't get a chance to write it down, I would suggest pausing the podcast right now, rewinding <laughs> a couple a lot, of minutes yeah. and just writing down each of those points and give yourself a, like a scale, maybe a sliding scale of like one to 10. Okay. 10. I fall, I fall asleep really, really easily. I get up to go to pee, you know, sometimes. So maybe I'll give that a five. And I was doing that as you were reading that. I'm like, I'm like oh yeah, I, that, I, I do that. I do that. Oh, I could probably do that a little bit better. And I think that it just goes to show that your feedback that your body gives you really instructs your cycle. And this was what I guess creates stress cycles <clears throat> is that for anyone that has an imbalanced cycle for whatever reason, any cycle sign is that I can almost guarantee that you probably gave three ticks that are, oh, this happens to me, this happens to me with that list that Meg read, read out. Um, so Meg, thank you so much for including that. Now, next question, because I think... Um, just to summarize the, the, when do I get my hormones tested? I get asked that all the time. And I think it's such an important thing that if someone's listening to this and I like to, when I do interviews on like for the podcast, I always like to pretend that I'm the person listening, that I don't know anything about my cycles. Like, well, how would I do this? Like just, it's all really, really good information, but what does it mean for me and how can I implement yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, so what can we do to help bring our progesterone into balance? Like earlier you mentioned about, 
okay, signs of low progesterone is a really great overview. Okay, well, this is probably why you're spotting. So what can we do to help support bringing this um, progesterone back into balance so that we one, have a lengthened luteal phase that's, you know, at least, you know, 11 days long-ish um, and that we don't have an early period, that we aren't spotting for four or five days, two days, one day before we begin our bleed. What can we do to help support a balanced um, level of progesterone? Yeah. So the first thing that I'm actually going to recommend is that the person spend time um, getting a community around them or seeing a professional like therapist or psychiatrist and addressing stressors and having support system. There is so much that I can say to you that to help support the liver, to help nourish your body, to help balance blood sugar. But the number one thing I think is that actually protecting your mental health. And, um, and, and if you've experienced trauma in the past, really going back through and talking through that trauma, um, because a body just can't heal and hormones just can't heal without addressing that. So that is actually the number one thing that I would recommend. And I spend a lot of time learning my, like teaching myself this and experimenting and then talking through it with clients of not only addressing traumas, but also learning the skill, which unfortunately a lot of us are not taught of how to de-stress ourselves in a regular basis. Mm. And that may seem like, like, of course, yeah. Like, you know, whatever I breathe. Yeah. Like no big deal. <laughs> I but sleep. Like, yeah. Give me something else. Like I actually want to know something else I can do. You cannot heal. You cannot balance your hormones without learning how to de-stress. You can't. And so it's, a lot of times in your, in like my single life, I would have a diffuser going. I would have, <laughs> I love it. You're like in my single oh, life, in my single life, I would have, you know, I would do whatever I felt like I could, I would take a bath and Blush I would on your face. Oh my gosh. It was just like, it <laughs> was, it was like long and drawn out. And like, it was so girly. It was everything I loved and needed. And then I got married and then I, and then it shifted. And then it was like, okay, well, what does it look like now? We live in a tiny apartment. We only have two rooms, like not even separate rooms. It's like our couch and our bedroom. So like, what does that look like when I, how can I, how can I de-stress with not having space? And then I got married and I had kids. So now I have kids and I'm married and I, you know, and I have all these, you know, I barely have space to myself or time to myself. It's not long and drawn out. It's five minutes. What does that look like? And so each season of life, your stressors change and your demands change. And you have to figure out what de-stresses me. And um, sometimes it's laying on the floor. This is not me. Actually. I have, <laughs> I have clients that will just lay on their floor for five minutes and relax. And that's just Charles what they Yep. I have a mentor that says he just lay, he's, it's a guy, but he says he just lays in his office and he just lays on the floor for five minutes. For me, it's like going outside and sitting outside. I have to mm -hmm. be completely out of my environment. Um, some people do diffuser. Some people do aromatherapy where they'll just take a lavender oil and smell it. Um, magnesium baths or showers. But the point is, is that you are actually very seriously implementing any the amount of time that your life season will give right now it is actually only five minutes for me and doing it every single day. This is, if there is one thing I could, I could really push for you to do to start to heal. It would be that you get a team around you. You, um, see, seek somebody for mental health. If you've had trauma, you allow community to support you. You ask for help. 
And then you practice every single day in your seasonal life, the allowed of time that you have to take a break and calm down. Mm. That is so important before we go into anything food related. I think that we should all just take a nice long deep breath <laughs> and just recognize how important it is to just oh, support your mental health and your, I guess, just state of mind and state of body. And we live in a world that has a lot of stress present and that stress isn't, it's often perceived stress, but it's not just, oh my God, there's so much to do on my work plate or there's so much to do on my home plate. I think we can't escape stress. It's just present in our life, but managing and knowing how to look after your body whilst that's present is really important. And I just want to share really quickly that I love that you mentioned about, um, you know, supporting getting a support system and and reaching out for help and getting a community. Um, For everyone who listens to the podcast knows what I went through last year. And recently, only in the last week and a half, I've been through a really big like trigger traumatic experience that's triggered the past trauma that I've been through. And I literally had like a, a complete meltdown. And I, even though I know how to care for my body and I allowed myself to drop into that. I was still making sure that I was eating like clean, nourishing food because that creates clean energy. I was still making sure that I was going to yoga, even though I couldn't do what I would normally do at yoga, just to be in that community space, to be able to be in a presence movement space, spending time outside, connecting with my family and friends, reaching out to healers, connecting with those people to like book in sessions. I think it's really important to recognize that It's okay if you feel this way, but if you're not supporting yourself, that's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like it, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but sometimes even though this is my living and I literally like live and breathe this stuff, like Grant will be like my husband, he'll be like, read a fun book. And I'm like, no, I love reading this stuff on iron. You know, like that's actually fun for me. Like I actually truly am blessed where I enjoy what I do. And I, and I feel like I'm pretty well-versed. I don't know everything. The more, you know, the less, you know, but I do spend a lot of my, my life really researching this stuff. With that said, when I'm going through trauma, I'm also like, should I drink water? Like, is that like, what happens? Like, what do I do? Like, it's also okay to be in a state of like, that's where like, like reaching out to community and be like, I need help or this is what I need. Or can we just talk? And even if you can't ask for the help right away, I can't, it's really, really hard for me. It's the, one of the weakest areas that I have because I have such a community of people that would love to love on me, but I can say, can we talk? And then as we're talking, I can kind of like be more relaxed into saying what I need, or they'll get that. They know me well enough to ask for it and I'll just receive it. Um, so just on that same note, like, it's just, it's sometimes it's like, even though, you know, all the things, it's still hard to do all those things. And that's also okay too. Totally. And that's what I, I'm always sharing this with both clients and those in the cyclical um, menstrual cycle coaching certification course that I run is that there's a really big difference between knowing and doing just because yeah. you know, everything doesn't mean that you do it. And sometimes having a rem- like a remembering is really important and having a support team. And that might just be your partner. It might be your best friend. It might be a parent. It might be a flatmate that says, Hey, you really should drink more water today. Like you just need to stop and just focus on water. Because if we look at the flip side, and I, even though we're talking about spotting in this podcast, this is a really important aspect of this, because if you have spotting, I can almost guarantee that you're experiencing this in your life in some way, 
regardless, it doesn't have to be a 10 out of 10. It could be a three out of 10 is that when you feel like shit, Meg, you're like, ah, fuck, I'm going to eat the chocolate. You know, I'm just going to buy a tub of ice cream because I don't fucking care. I'm not going to make dinner. I'm just going to go out and get a pizza. And they're the times that you create cloudiness in your physical body by putting cloudiness in. And that cloudiness that you're putting in, this is my theory anyway, the cloudiness that you're putting in is the food that is not clear. And clear food comes from fruits and vegetables, you know, stuff from the ground in whole form food. But anything that's cloudy, that's actually going to take your mindset further down, like downward spiraling into more darkness instead of lightness. So if you want lightness in your mind, you need to have lightness in your food. Yeah, absolutely. And the truth is, is that when you are in a stressful season and you are experiencing trauma or you're working through trauma, you're like, okay, Meg, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to go back to therapy. I'm going to work through my trauma. That's still stressful to the body. And so what happens is Um, you know, again, there's days where you're surviving, you get the pizza, no big deal, but also you move on your next, it's not that I'm earning something off. I'm punishing myself. It's that consistency matters. And it really does matter to nourish your body. Well. Um, and one of the biggest reasons is that magnesium alone, um, is that it makes up, you know, 42 of every enzymatic function in our body. There's something called a magnesium burn rate that one of my teachers actually coined. And it basically means that your body's burning through magnesium super, super fast. Well, magnesium is one of the most important minerals in the bodies and really dictates, um, just how our body's able to handle stress alone. So when we're, and, and magnesium is in so many nourishing foods, so many nourishing foods. I mean, you get it very easily, but the point is, is that when we are in that stressful state and we are have that day, you know, where you're just feeling it, you're eating the pizza, no big deal. But then we kind of keep going in that route. Um, it, it is not, it is actually causing more inflammation and more vitamin and mineral loss. And then that's where we start to see painful periods. That's where we start to see, oh my gosh, like, um, or I'm really spotting. I'm, I feel like most of the time, once you go down that hole too much with non-nourishing foods, it's more, um, high inflammation foods, but it, or high inflammation, meaning excess estrogen symptoms. So I think that an, an excess estrogen, again, PMS, um, in, uh, heavy bleeding, clotting, um, those type of, uh, symptoms can be present when we kind of go too deep into the, the non-nourishing, not nourishing foods. Um, but you know, I think it's just really important to, to note that the reason why it's so healthy, like you said, to, to eat these like clear foods is because it, it actually is meant to nourish our body. Our bodies are quite literally made of uh, the vitamins and minerals that we're able to digest and absorb and utilize. When I was going through my eating disorder, it was really hard because it, my eating disorders was centered around my body image and not feeling good enough and feeling like I needed to control everything. And when I was trying to learn about food, not in a way of aesthetics, what helped me get through that was learning that food is so for us and it's so yummy and delicious and you can, and you can enjoy the non, not as nourishing foods, but when we get the consistency of these really nourishing foods, then our body is quite literally getting all of its little puzzle pieces to work the way that we really want it to be, to be able to be the person that we want it to be, because we're meant to be on this earth to really enjoy our life and serve people well and love on people well and have fun and experience things. And believe it or not, it actually can go back to being consistent in the foods that we eat. 
100%. And I just like, praise, sister, praise. <laughs> because emoji hands. Yeah. I, I think that we totally make things too complicated. And yeah. then we get really worked up like, oh my God, why am I spotting my period? And why is my period late? And oh my God, my period ride five days early. And I don't know why is that it's not just your cycle. You need to look at, well, what the fuck is going on in your life? Excuse the language, but that's to emphasize the point. But what the yeah. fuck is going on in your life, in your mind, in your life, in your heart and your emotions in your life and your physical body in your life and this physical environment that you live in, what is going on and is that impacting you? And if there is a challenge in your cycle, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with this, there is a 100% connection with the fact that that is going to throw your cycle off in some way, shape or form, whether it's you're going to get period pain, whether you're going to have clotting, whether you're going to have heavy, heavy bleeding, whether you're going to have an early period, whether you're going to have acne, whether you're going to have an emotional breakdown, something going on. Your body doesn't isn't designed to do this all the time or any time, really. Um, so Meg, thank you. A great reminder about magnesium. I believe vitamin D, magnesium, vitamin C are just wonder nutrients. And we really need to be taking more of these on a daily basis all the time, not even just as a nutritional product, but also in our whole food, whole food form. But let's summarize because we are pretty much exactly out of time. Um, and I just want to keep going, but we just don't have time for that. Yes. Um, what are the top three things you would recommend to someone who is currently spotting in their cycle before they begin their bleed, like they're spotting before their bleed arrives. What are three things that you would recommend that they could start doing right now? Yep. So addressing emotional needs. If you have never heard of a castor oil pack, I would consider doing a mm-hmm. castor oil pack. So we didn't even get to talk about the liver health, but that's a huge thing that can support, um, uh, your menstrual cycle health, um, it getting enough bioavailable copper in, which you, you heard me talk a little bit about on iron overload. The other thing, um, would be making sure that you're, this is like, this is almost four, but eating enough and balancing blood sugar. So your meals are protein, carbon fat, and you're also eating enough for your daily intake needs. It doesn't matter that you're eating a protein and carb. If you're not in fat, if you're not eating, if you're only eating 800 calories, 1200 calories, and you're five, four, and you need to be eating 2,300 calories, totally. 2,300 calories. So those would be the like most practical things that you can implement that aren't overly, you know, a million different things. Cause there, there truly are a lot of different nourishing foods and stuff that you can use therapeutically. But like the first three things that will make, make the biggest difference, emotional addressing emotional needs, castor oil packs are just really great and they help you support sleep. And they, there's lots of benefits to them. Um, and then, like I said, balancing blood sugar and eating enough are the best places to start because they're easy. They're simple and you will notice a difference, but I do want to add this one little last thing is that remember that it takes time to heal. Healing is not linear. So do not, do not feel down or, um, count your little wins, count your little wins. Oh, I'm pooping every day now. Oh, I'm having a little bit more energy. I'm not crashing. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to pee. Go back to that biofeedback checklist because it may show a little, it may take a little bit of time for your cycle to heal. That doesn't mean we need to crash and feel bad and go extreme. Healing takes time. Dysfunction takes time. Years of dysfunction, years of trauma. It's going to take time to heal. And all it's about is being as kind as uh, to yourself as possible and being as consistent as possible. I love it. And there's such simple steps that most people will probably who are listening to this. I hate to break the rule, like break it to you, babes, but you're probably not going to do it. But if you do do it, it really will help. So just because it's easy doesn't mean it's not going to be effective. 
Um, Because a lot of people think, oh, the more complicated it is, the bigger a difference it's going to make. It's not true. Your body is not designed to be complicated. Meg, I've absolutely loved this. Um, Tell us, how can our listeners find you if they're like, oh, my God, I love this rifting. I want to tune into what Meg does. How can they find you? Yeah, so Meg Linkson is my Instagram um, I actually, what is it? <laughs> Meg underscore. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's Mom good brain, pregnant brain. Yeah. Brain. Hey, what Meg, is my name again? <laughs> yeah, what are, who am I? Where am I? Um, Meg underscore Langston. So L A N G S T O N or my website. Um, and, um, I have a macros course. If you're like, I want to figure out how much can I eat? Am I eating enough? It's $25 us dollars. Um, but you can get it anywhere on the world. Um, so it's just ma- a PDF. You can find that on my Instagram. Um, I have a course, um, that you can take. That's just really learning the foundations to health. And I do see one-on-one clients, but right now currently in the U S but y'all stay tuned because if you really liked what I talked about and you really want to learn a plan for healing and you're like, I'm in a, a hard situation, but I want to learn how to heal. And, and I, can't take all the burden of learning that I have a product that I is so near and dear to my heart from just my own personal story of struggle and miscarriages and all the things. And I cannot wait to share it. And it's coming up next year and it is my heart and soul. So stay connected with me so I can share it with you guys. It's about to birth a baby and birth something exciting, which is yes, awesome. yeah. okay. Thank you so much. All right. Quickly switching gears. Final podcast question. We ask all our guests this, what are three things you wish you had have known when you started menstruating? back at your younger self, back when you were a teen or a tween, you got your first period. What are three things you wish I had known then that you now know today? Discharge is not a sign of an infection or anything weird about me. Cervical mucus discharge, totally normal and really healthy. Um, your cycles really empowering and you can utilize it for your own benefit and ovulating. You, you can't get pregnant all the time. You only ovulate one day and there's a, a fertile window. I love it. They were like quick rapid fire, three tips and three things. I love it, Meg. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I would love to have you back to talk about the liver and hormones. Um, Hopefully we can do that again soon. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.